Okay, ladies and gentlemen, today we will explore a provocative thesis, namely, to understand the failures of public education, we have to understand the dreams of socialism. This phenomenon has always had three main targets it hopes to destroy, family, religion, and private property. These three are the very foundation of civilization for thousands of years. How could you possibly destroy them? Through education, of course, or perhaps miseducation is the proper word. Control and pervert education, and you can convince the masses that they no longer want what their parents and grandparents wanted so desperately. Educated people can reflect on what is being done to them. Ignorant people do not know enough to reflect on much of anything. More and more American students lack basic skills and fundamental knowledge. How can they understand proposals made by politicians, media, and government, and especially by the cunning propagandists that are employed on the socialist side? Igor Savarovich is a famous Russian mathematician who wrote a 1980 book called The Socialist Phenomenon. Savarovich explained that enforced equality was a constant obsession of socialists. To achieve it, they were willing to adopt extreme and indeed murderous measures. Savarovich, open quote, argues that socialism is essentially nihilistic, unconsciously motivated by a death instinct. He concludes that we have the choice of either pursuing life or death. Now, the much more famous uh, writer, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, comments in his foreword for Savarovich's book. Dr. Savarovich provides us with a rare opportunity of receiving a systematic analysis of the theory and practice of socialism from the pen of an outstanding mathematical thinker versed in the rigorous methodology of his science. One can attach particular weight, for instance, to his judgment that Marxism lacks even the climate of scientific inquiry. Certainly a devastating critique. Now, the abolition of private property, which was widely pursued in the Soviet Union and China, caused the deaths of tens of millions of people. One horrific example was that 10 million, 7 to 10 million, somewhere, many, you see many different estimates, 7 to 10 million Ukrainians were starved to death in the years 1932 and 33. These ruthless ideologues were not playing around. Do you think they would hesitate to use any practice whatsoever that could help them transform the schools and take over the society? The big mystery in our public schools has always been the tendency to adopt dysfunctional theories and methods. This is so hard to explain, the average person just throws up their hands in bewilderment. But stop and think of the drastic goals. Socialists want to take away all the things that give most people their happiness in life. Family, religion, the property that they have earned by years of hard work, freedom. People won't willingly give up these things. They have to be fooled. Most efficiently of all, they have to be made simpler and less capable of critical thinking. That's what corrupted education can do for socialism. 
See, it's, they, they've weaponized ignorance is another way of putting it. Now, ever since John Dewey and his followers took over public education in the 1920s, they consistently pushed what is called progressive education. Progressive was always a synonym or a code word for socialist. John Dewey wanted to use the public schools to create a new kind of citizens, people who would accept a new kind of country, a socialist country. But educators obsessed with social engineering stopped caring about the academic and intellectual aspects of school. Arguably, progressive education means the end of real or traditional education. But social engineering goes deeper than simply harming academics. It also attacks the character and soul of the students. This is not so widely recognized, but it is a dreadful thing to consider when you see it clearly. Now, by way of background, we have a star witness here, Winston Churchill, in 1920, wrote a long newspaper article regarding the recent Bolshevik victory in Russia. Now, this, is, this quote here is from Churchill. This worldwide revolutionary conspiracy for the overthrow of civilization and for the reconstitution of society on the basis of arrested development, of envious malevolence, and impossible equality has been steadily growing. It played a definite recognizable part in the tragedy of the French Revolution. It has been the mainspring of every subversive movement during the 19th century. And now at last this band of extraordinary personalities from the underworlds of the great cities of Europe and America have gripped the Russian people by the hair of their heads and have become practically the undisputed masters of this enormous empire. End of Churchill's quote. Three of Churchill's phrases shouted us, arrested development, envious malevolence, and impossible equality. Some would say that public schools push these messages whenever they can. So too many educational decisions are made for ideological reasons. Trying to get that arrested development, trying to get that envy to play to help in the conquest, to, in general to dis disrupt the uh, coherence of the target society. So what is to be done? Common Core, often referred to as Commie Core, C-O-M-M-I-E, wants more power in, Russia, in Washington, D.C., when the opposite goal is exactly what every citizen should want. Parents have no hope of influencing schools run by far-off federal bureaucracy. Education was always understood to be a liberation, a way for the human race to improve itself and become more free. Nothing has changed. We need more and better education. The education establishment continues, however, to promote counterintuitive obstacles. The world's gotten very complicated. If citizens are to keep up with that complexity, they must first learn to read, write, and count. Then they must learn the facts and knowledge that a capable citizen needs to know. To fulfill its mission, public education has to be free from political corruption. Now, so here's by way of closing. Here's the big picture of all things socialistic and communistic. To enact any of their more ambitious programs, the far-left activists must first have a great deal of power. At that point, democracy may already be over.
the goals you may think we are working toward have been terminated. The power-hungry have at least what they want, unlimited power. They are very happy. But that's one in a thousand. I think a figure I made up recently, but it's probably about accurate. But everyone else becomes some level of slave, and that's exactly the opposite of what the more benign forms of socialism are promising. That's the key word. They promise a great deal, but what you end up getting is a kind of a fake version of what we should have. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of subeducated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.